Welcome to the Thursday night edition of Trice Talk. I'm your host, Donald Wayne, tonight, and I will be solo again. I I know you probably you probably think that uh, I'm hiding Dennis Lee somewhere and I won't let him get behind the microphone, but that's not the case at all. It's uh, that's just the way that works out. As we've said a number of times, both of us have other jobs and uh, he has less flexibility with his sometimes than I do with my own. So uh, he's got a a work thing and he's not able to be here tonight. So I will carry on and uh, I have a couple of subjects that I want to share with everyone tonight. So. We'll do the best we can, or I'll do the best I can. But I appreciate you joining me if you're listening to this podcast tonight. It is a Thursday. It's July the 15th, and um, summer's marching on. It won't be long. We're going to be rounding that corner into August. And, you know, I love to say here, uh, once we get out of August, I mean, it's just a race towards Christmas. And then there we are again in another new year. And, you know, especially somebody my age, you really don't get in the habit of wanting to, uh, uh, you know, make time pass by faster. It passes fast enough as it is. And isn't that funny? When you're young, it just seemed like the days just drag on, you know, uh, it takes forever especially when you're in school, you know, especially, uh, you know, public school. It just seems like, oh, my gosh, uh, it takes forever. But then when you get on up in years, you, you start finding that you hit 40 and 50 and 60. Um, you just the days go by so quickly. The months go by so quickly. So anyway, uh, we're rapidly approaching the holiday seasons here in, in our little world. So I hope everybody had a decent day today at work or at play or whatever it is that you were doing. 
Oh my goodness, I just looked up and saw Joy Behar on there. Oh, they're making fun of her on Gutfell. <laughs> well, I'd like to get in on that conversation. Uh, I've, like I said, I've got a couple of things. I mean, there's so much going on this week. I really miss Dennis Lee being around because there's so much to fuss about, to, to be upset about, to be worried about. And, and, you know, not that I want to spend all of my time doing that, but it's just, there's just no shortage of things to be concerned about right now in this country uh, with the, you know, the things that are being found out or that are coming out in Maricopa County, um, Arizona, with the uh, things that are going on here in Atlanta, Georgia, the things they're finding out about uh, the vote count in Fulton County and about the uh, – all, all the, I think it was 35,000, I believe, votes uh, that should not have been counted because people voted in the wrong county. So there's just all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I'm going to focus on two things tonight. And actually, I was going to do something different. But as so often happens to me, I was, uh, I was watching a little news, or I should say, because some people don't call what you see on Fox or MSNBC or uh, CNN actual news anymore. It seems like it's more about personal opinions. I understand. But everybody has one, right? So I'm watching this um, and trying to, to eat a little something and get ready for the show. And I'm getting ready to come up and I hear this story that comes on and I turn around and I had to walk back and look at the TV and see what they were talking or see how they were talking about the thing that caught my attention. And I don't know how many people feel the same way that I've I feel about this subject as I do. And, and, and that's not really an issue for me because again, it's not our, uh, it's not what we try to do here at Tries Talk to tell people how to think. We just bring subjects up. We relate stories that we see from other sites. And we, as you know, especially if you listen to me a lot in the last week and a half, you know that I'm going to throw in my two cents worth and, Certainly, you don't have to pay attention to me because I'm just one person uh, who has lived a long time and seen a lot of things. And comparatively, I think, you know, we're in serious trouble <laughs> as I look back at how we progressed to the point we are now. But this is one of the things. This issue about the Black National Anthem being played by the NFL this year, the story came out that the NFL has stated that they're going to play the Black National Anthem um, before the games. Uh, the, 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 I, I guess it'll be in the televised section. But um, so 
I, I, I heard it on, on Fox, and then so I came upstairs, and then I found this article that I'm going to re- uh, uh, share with you on Fox Sports. But when I, I heard that come on the TV, and I, I was in the process of coming upstairs, and I, I turned around and said, what the hell is this? I thought, you know, when that came up last year, I thought when the NFL uh, had a decline in viewership last year that they were going to get the message, but obviously I was wrong. So um, the article that I found, like I said, is on Fox Sports, and the title is NFL Season 2021 Will Include Black National Anthem. I have an issue with that wording there. Uh, social justice messages again. I have an issue with that as well. And this article is by Ryan Gatos, G A Y D O S. Uh, I really, I wish there was somewhere that you could hear the pronunciation of people's names on online somewhere where they would, hey, that's an that's an idea for a new website. Uh, just type in all these names and, and just so you can get pronunciations, the proper pronunciations of all these different names that you hear in, in the news. But I'm going to try to read through the entire article and comment afterwards. But if you've been listening to me, uh, especially while Dennis Lee has been out quite a bit the last uh, two weeks, you know that I have a hard time getting through some articles without stopping and making a comment at that moment. And I do that because I have to say these things kind of when they hit me. Uh, But uh, uh, you know that, right? So here's what the article says. Let me click on the article itself. And up there below the title, it says, Lift Every Voice and Sing was played during Week 1 games and Super Bowl during 2020 season. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, so I didn't hear it. Uh, I I think I saw one clip at the beginning of the season and um, where they played, played that song. But anyway, the article says, The Black National Anthem is reportedly set to return before NFL games for good, for good. Oh, okay. So so for good, permanently, I guess I would say, starting in 2021. So I guess they've decided they've got to play it before every game in 2021. Lift Every Voice and Sing was played before the start of week one games during the 2020 season. And front office sports reported Wednesday the NFL plans to make it a prominent part of big league events. The NFL allowed social justice phrases like in racism to be painted in the back of teams' end zones, and players were able to honor victims of systemic racism and police violence last year. Front Office Sports reported the NFL plans on ratcheting up the messaging for the 2021 season. Hey, nothing like having, uh, uh, 
you know, the NFL become a political show as well, right? I mean, you know, the hell with focusing on football, which is what we tune in for to watch is football. Let's throw in some more political messages because Lord knows we don't get enough of those during the week, right? I mean, it's hard to turn on anything in this country today, any kind of uh, uh, TV program, even in the shows that they produce for TV, which is one of the reasons in our house, we don't really, we haven't watched a new uh, episode of any, any kind of um, uh, series, comedy series or whatever on TV in a couple of years. Maybe longer than that, actually. Uh, we did try to watch the reboot of Will and Grace or that that short-lived uh, thing they did. Was it last year? I think they did it. Or maybe it was the year before. Maybe it was 2019. We tried to watch that, but it was so political, so anti-conservative, so hate Trump that it was impossible to watch. It wasn't funny anymore because it was talking about the same damn things that you hear when you watch CNN or MSNBC or, or Fox or ABC. So anyway, so the front office sports has reported the NFL is planning on ramping up the messaging for 2021. The national anthem is usually only heard before early season games or sometime primetime games, the Super Bowl and the NFL draft. Lift Every Voice and Sing was played before Super Bowl uh, 55. Was that what that is? And the draft and back in April, I guess that's 55. <laughs> um, the league made the decision to play Lift Every Voice and Sing before week one games last year in the midst of a summer of racial unrest across major metropolitan cities in the U.S. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, 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 Roger Goodell, <laughs> there you go again, acknowledged the Black Lives Matter movement as well. So he's given it credibility, right? We at the National Football League believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country, he said in last year's video. Without black players, there would be no National Football League, and the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. Okay, Roger, let, let's, let's take that. And that's, that's the end of the article. Thank God. Let's take that last statement there. We're going to see how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. So you're going to unite NFL families by having a black national anthem. And I'm assuming that you're going to play the American 
national anthem, the official anthem of this country, right? Maybe, maybe not. And let's see which one we play first or which one we play last. That may be telling in itself. So how are you uniting people if you're if you're already saying, okay, you're united, but we've got a we've got a, a national anthem for you, for the black players and the black audience, and then we've got the old standard American national anthem for everybody else. Isn't that isn't that itself divisive? That you have to play two anthems? Well, first of all, <laughs> you knew this was coming. First of all, how can you have a national anthem if you don't have a separate country? Now, maybe if they change the name of it and call it something else, I don't know what, what Nimrod decided to call it a national anthem. I mean, whose brainchild that was. But you can't have a national anthem if you don't have a country separate from the one that you're living in. Next thing, they're going to want a, a different flag to raise during the black national anthem, I guess. I mean, that only stands to reason that that, that would be a follow-up situation, right? I mean, I, I'm just saying, I don't know that for a fact, but how is that not divisive? by acknowledging that there should be two different anthems. That's not uniting, Roger. I don't know who the hell you've been listening to, but that's not uniting. And if there are people in the NFL organization, and if a lot of players are pushing for something like that, those people don't want to be united either. They're not looking for unity. They're looking for recognition. They're looking for importance. They're looking to make a message, but they're sure as hell not looking for unity as a country if you're going to have a something that you call your own national anthem. Are you serious? I, I don't understand that. Maybe, maybe I just don't. Maybe I'm too old and I can't. I can't find a reason for that. And the other thing he talked about, they're going to have messaging in, in the end zones, I guess, behind the end zone so people can see them on camera. And then they talked about, you know, the, the police violence issues and stuff. Here's a question for you. If you're going to put messages in the end zone and if, if the black players are so concerned about the police violence, is that the only thing they're concerned about? Why are they not concerned about the violence in these major cities like Detroit and Chicago and New York City and Los Angeles? What about all the innocent people that are killed by people of their own race, if you want to go that far? Why is that not an issue? Why is it not an issue that, that a, a, a toddler is shot sitting in a car seat, shot and killed in a car seat in, in, in a car with his mother? Why is that not an issue? You're going to put, you're going to put a freaking sign in the, in the end zone talking about that? Are you going to put signs in the end zones talking about, you know, people need to stop shooting each other? 
are you just going to focus on the police issues? I, I, I just, there's, there's a lot of hypocrisy in this country and there's people who say they're trying to change things. They're, they're trying to uh, achieve fairness and equality in things and how things are done in this country. Yet when they single things out, they always single out these tunnel vision issues and they never go into all of this other stuff, these other horrible things that are happening all the time, every day in these cities across the country. You know, if the NFL players want to do something to affect change in this country, maybe when they're not playing football, maybe they should be going into these communities and talking to these people in these neighborhoods and seeing what they can do to help out with these communities and see if they can help create a change there. Sticking a bunch of signs in the end zone during a nationally publicized football game, uh, I just wonder how much change that's going to to cause in this country or create in this country. I wonder because you're you're you're, you're alienating a large part of your audience in this country uh, by continuing down this road you're not looking for unification. What you're doing is not unifying people. What you're doing is separating people, causing people to have to choose sides again. That's what you're doing, in my opinion. Okay, this is an opinion. Sports, movies, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't object to movies in particular having having a movie that has messages in it or a movie that's designed to create a message or 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 talk about certain social issues. I don't have a problem with that as long as you know because you, th- you have a choice to go see that, or you can go see uh, a Marvel movie, you know, where you just got, get lost in, in in a fantasy world. There's room for all kinds of movies in this country because people enjoy being entertained. And then sometimes they like to see message movies where, you know, um, and I enjoy message movies um, and I won't talk about those tonight. And there's a lot of message movies that I get very emotional about and I get very worked up about, about social issues. But the football game is supposed to be about people coming together as a group, as a team and winning a football game. And they do it for the entertainment of the people who pay millions of dollars a year into the system to support those of you who make a living playing football, buying the jerseys, buying all the merchandise about your teams, paying the outrageous price for the tickets, paying the outrageous prices for, for concessions when they go to the stands, uh, to the stadiums. Do you think all these people are going to continue paying that kind of money to listen to political messages during the football games, which is supposed to give them 
a break away from all the other crap. I mean, you have this stuff uh, 24 seven in this country already, and now they're starting to creep in or they have creeped in to the very things that used to be, um, as I've heard other people say on, on other podcasts and, and other, uh, news programs, you know, sports was one of the few things that, that helped unite people in this country because people with different opinions, people with different backgrounds, people with different color, different race, religion, whatever. If you support the same team, you get together and, and, and you're, you, it's kind of like a brotherhood for that game. You enjoy the game and you enjoy being with people who enjoy the game. And now you're wanting to turn that into a social message. You want to make this, uh, what is it? Two, two and a half hour, three hours of this is in your face the entire time. You can't even enjoy the game because these people are wanting you to, uh, face the things that are important to them. Well, I thought what should be important to them is the fact that they're supposed to be entertaining you. They're supposed to be playing at their very best, uh, one, to earn the, the, the uh, uh, for many of them, uh, a very high salaries. And the other uh, is to, you know, uh, make it a winning team so that organization can make money because of the popularity and uh Hopefully that money trickles down. It's not a sport anymore. It's, it's, it's not a sport. And I, I fear that it's, that it's, it's creeping into everything It's creeping into the Olympics. Now we have people going to the Olympics, uh, uh on the American freaking team that do not want to stand for the national anthem or, or, or stand, uh, uh, pledge of allegiance or, or look at our flag. But they're, they, they want the support of the American people to go to the games as an American uh, Olympian. But then they want to turn their back on the, that very country. So how can you justify representing a country that you do not believe in, representing a country that you hate? Are representing a country that you think hates you. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I, I have a problem with it being called the black national anthem. I don't really have a problem with the song itself, but I have a problem with it being called the black national anthem. First of all, there is no black nation. You do not have a black country in the United States. This is the United States. That's, that's what it is. And you can't have a national anthem if you don't have a country of your own. Now, if that's what you want, then say that, see how that works out. And then if you're going to put up signs, you need to be putting up signs for all the injustices in this country, not just these, this, this one issue that seems to be the only thing that you care about 
or at least that's the only thing that you keep pushing in our face. When there's so many other people suffering, so many other people dying needlessly in this country. I don't see the names of those children that are killed. I don't see the names of those innocent people on any posters anywhere that were killed needlessly. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is that if you haven't already guessed, I'm finished with, I'm finished with the NFL. I don't really give a crap anyway. I didn't watch any games last year at all. And if, if you've listened to tries talk, uh, at some point since the beginning, you know that both Dennis Lee and I are Dallas Cowboy fans, partially because um, we're from Dallas. But I'm not going to watch my Dallas Cowboys anymore, even though uh, Jerry Jones was kind of pushing back against all of that last year. And you know, at one point, he was telling his team they would be, they would not be kneeling for the Amer- uh, for the national anthem. Uh, on the football field. I think he may have given some of them the opportunity to stay in the the clubhouse, but they're not going to be kneeling and disrespecting the national anthem or our flag publicly during the game, I should say. But I'm going to stop wearing my cowboy stuff. I, uh, you know, I, I've loved wearing my cowboy jerseys and stuff over the years. In fact, really, that's how I generate conversation. I can't go to a store anywhere in my area or anywhere around Atlanta. If I have a cowboy jersey on, if I have my Dallas cowboy hat on, somebody is going to stop me and make a comment about the Dallas Cowboys. And you know, the funny thing is, and, and sometimes it really leads into some great conversations, some nice conversations, but you know, the funny thing is usually the person that says something to me about the Cowboys, they're not white. I'll leave it at that. But I, I'm not in any way going to support an organization that is helping drive a wedge between white and black Americans in this country. And that's exactly what they're doing with what they're doing. That's, again, is my opinion. I, I don't see how the, how what they're they're proposing to do or they're going to do is going to in any way bring people together in this country. And in my opinion, they're doing it. The, the NFL management is doing it because they're gutless, ballless cowards. They cannot stand up and say, this has no place in football. Now, if you as players or if you as a team off the field, outside of the game, y'all want to go around in a group, if your owners allow you to go around in your jerseys or whatever and and, and and get involved in these different causes around the country, fine. I don't have a problem with you doing that. I don't have a problem with you standing up for things that you believe in. I have a problem with you forcing the people who only want to watch a football game, only want to watch the thing that they've watched for so many years, 
and you turn it into a political rally. You turn it into, oh, in our opinion, this is what this should be. And sorry you paid, you know, $90 for your ticket or how much ever they cost now. But, you know, this is important to us, and we're going to make you watch it while you're here. <laughs> well, I you know, if they continue with this National Black Anthem issue, I mean, where is that going to stop? If you think about it, really, where is it going to stop? I mean, if you, if that's going to be a thing in this country, then how long do you think it's going to be before other groups will want their own quote national anthem in this country, the Hispanic national anthem, the Chinese national anthem, the Japanese national anthem, the Italian national anthem. I mean, where does it stop? And once you get into all of that, then you no longer have a unified country. You have a bunch of people that are only concerned about their ethnic group. You know, for my part, the, the, the Dallas Cowboys have sucked for years. They've had some glory years, but they've sucked more than they've won. But I, I, I've always enjoyed watching them play, well, uh, till towards the end of the game, uh, just because of history. I mean, my, my love of the Cowboys really stems from my memory of my dad uh, one of the few things that he and I actually ever did together uh, through so many years, he took me as a young boy to uh, the Dallas Cowboys when they first uh, formed a team. They had to play in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, because they didn't have a stadium. And uh, I don't know how many years they played there, but my dad took me to see a Cowboy game in the Cotton Bowl, and I remember very vividly that there was probably, uh, you know, less than 2000 people in the cotton bowl that day. Don Meredith is a quarterback. And, uh, I, I don't remember whether we, the Cowboys won or lost. I don't remember who they were playing. Honestly, I just remember going there with my dad and enjoying that. And that was such a, such a special moment for me that I always, always kept that in my heart when I watched a cowboy game. I always thought about that time when, when he took me to a game, even when the cowboys sucked. But they've always been my team, win or lose. I didn't really care. I mean, I like to see them win. But as, as good as that feeling is for me, I cannot continue supporting a team that's going to be supportive of what the NFL is doing. Now, if they come out and they don't participate in that, then I will be able to watch them. But I got a feeling they'll probably end up having to cave in and participate. Or the team they're playing will end up 
playing the black national anthem and, and having all these signs in the end zones. And, um, so I, I, I doubt seriously, I'm going to watch it. I hope the attendance continues to drop this year. I hope that the teams lose so much money that they have to go back and rethink all of this crap they've agreed to or this stuff that they, it's like, it's like all these other corporations in the country right now that signed on to the black lives matter stuff. You know, it's almost like it was an insurance policy for them. So they wouldn't be affected or they wouldn't be called racist or they wouldn't be called white supremacist, you know? So, well, let's sign up, let's support this. So maybe they'll leave us alone. Well, I got news for you people. Once you, once you step away from your own, uh, conscience and personal beliefs, and then you get coerced into doing something that you know is not probably in the best interest of your company organization or whatever, just so you can appease a group and not be, you know, ridiculed publicly. Uh, eventually, there's no end to that. Once you sell out, there's no end to that. It'll be another issue and another issue and another issue. But I hope they lose so much money. I hope they lose so much money that they can't afford to pay their uh, richly paid stars on their teams. Basically screw them. I'm watching college football this year. I look forward, really started watching college football more, uh, the last several years. And I, I did the NFL games anyway, even before they got political. Of course, colleges will probably be the next target. And then eventually I won't be able to watch them either, but then maybe it really won't matter. So, all right, I'm done with that subject, but well, at least for now, but I saw that and, and the, you know, black national anthem. Come on. I want to know the country. What country are we representing there? All righty. Well, if I haven't pissed off some people there, let me go over and do this next article. Uh, it's the last subject for tonight. <laughs> I won't make you endure you know, an hour, hour and a half of just me. But, um, the next subject I'm going to share with you is an article that, uh, I, I saw on Mike Huckabee. Uh, and if you follow the show, you know that I like to use stuff from, uh, Mike Huckabee's newsletter quite often. And usually Huckabee will, uh, ha he'll do a little, maybe a little write up about the article that he's going to give you a link to. He makes his commentary on the article and then he gives you the link and you can go to the article and, and read the whole thing. So, uh, that's what we're going to do here. I'm not going to go into Mike Huckabee's comments on this, but it, the article itself is titled, can woke boardroom culture be broken? And you can find this. And of course I'll be posting this after the show's over tonight, but you can find this uh, article on a site called Capital Research Center, America's Investigative Think Tank. And the article is by someone named Sarah Lee, and that's not the cake lady or the little snack cakes lady. Uh, 
Sarah was actually born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia, it says, uh, but she was drawn to Washington, D.C., which was the birthplace of her mother, after she completed her master's degree in uh, public administration from the University of Georgia in 2010. She holds a degree in English literature from UGA. The Bulldogs. Um, I can't imagine being drawn to Washington, D.C., unless you're in public office, but hey, uh, more power to her. So let me share this article with you, and then I will comment afterwards. Uh, maybe. We'll see. All right. Let me click over to the woke boardroom culture. U.S. lawmakers are beginning to get serious about the dangers of propaganda, focusing on American businesses, relationships with hostile foreign governments, perhaps most visibly the entertainment industry, to bolster their argument. The Epic Times reported recently that Republican members of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence are warning that the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, is working to manipulate American companies to help it achieve its aims of shaping public opinion, influencing government decisions, and acquiring U.S. technology. Uh, I think also, uh, well, I didn't make it all the way through, did I? Uh, I did a story several months ago, um, and I, I really probably need to update that, that, that there was a Chinese uh a communist Chinese company that was trying to buy uh, thousands of acres of land in South Texas for doing something, uh, some kind of manufacturing or uh, some, something of that nature. And I never did really follow up on that. But, you know, like this is saying, China's busy, folks. They're working it, and they're probably taking advantage of the situations that we are in in this country today with all the division, and they're probably actively seeking all these people who hate America and want to change America drastically. They're probably uh, putting their arm around those people's shoulder and saying, hey, we can help you out. That's an opinion, okay? That's not written in this article. U.S. businesses are receiving guidance and direction from Chinese officials to influence business operations, investment strategy, and strategic directions, reads an intern, interim committee report. Progressive boardrooms. While a bright line has yet to be drawn between these kinds of overt political influence peddling and the more familiar get woke, go broke progressive activism some businesses have been adopting in this age of cancellation like the NFL. There is an argument to be made. The end result is the same. Western capitalism is suffering. 
Some corporate campaigns have been relatively loud about their political agendas and suffered publicly. Twitter censoring the New York Post Hunter Biden story before the election. The NBA's relationship with China, despite horrifying violations of human rights. And the MLB choosing to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta to protest state election reforms legislation are a few examples. But there are others, more subliminal efforts. Hollywood has played the long game in this regard as Capital Research Center's Ken Braun details in his four-part series on the production company Participant Media. It's the story of Hollywood's longtime flirtation with communism and the more modern tale of Canadian Jeffrey Skoll, who has spent almost two decades creating blockbusters that feature political or social messages. Making movies is just part of Skoll's new mission, where he invests in progressive causes ranging from social entrepreneurship to fighting climate change, Braun writes. By embracing woke ideology, Hollywood has censored their films, ignoring human rights abuses, and ultimately destroyed a fan base. When the 2021 Oscar ceremony aired at the beginning of the year, almost no one cared. Viewership for the once vaunted award show hit a record low in 2021, down 58%, almost 14 million fewer viewers from 2020. Hollywood has, in fact, been at the vanguard of a new push from corporate America, including sports leagues, mm -hmm, retail products and platforms, and even shareholders to ignore the pithy truth, adopt political positions, and suffer the financial consequences. Boardrooms embrace of political positions has often happens without people realizing it. As shareholders are pushed to support socio-political positions, sometimes without their knowledge. As CRC's Robert Stilson writes in The American Conservative, activists keen on influencing powerful companies to adopt their social-political priorities buy shares in corporations simply to file proposals that further those priorities. The backlash. But the American people are increasingly aware and increasingly walking away with their wallets. A new group called Back to Neutral, B2N for short, comprised of center-right groups such as the National Center for Public Policy Research, Alliance Defending Freedom, the Center for Economic Opportunity, Americans for Limited Government, and the Capital Research Center, among others, has recently created the Stop Corporate Tyranny campaign to educate the public on exactly what's happening with woke corporate culture. Justin Danoff, General Counsel for the National Center for Public Policy Research, is partially interested, oh, partially, sorry, particularly interested in the role of Amazon played in promoting a progressive political agenda, often without consumers even realizing it. Danoff told the Daily Caller News Foundation in early April that the charity program Amazon Smile 
is a perfect example of how Amazon works to promote the agendas of left-leaning nonprofits while myriad conservative organizations such as the Family Research Canal, Can, Council Canal, I just created a new word. Do not make the list. It's a fair bet few people realize that eligibility to participate in Amazon Smile may be linked to political policy affiliation, not simply a healthy acumen for providing charitable donations. Amazon has, of course, been fairly overt in its political leanings, but Stop Corporate Tyranny plans to shine a light on behind-the-scenes corporate behavior. Canceling cancel culture. Adoption of progressive ideology and a tendency to follow guidance from hostile foreign regimes isn't doing American corporate culture any favors. If corporate America isn't very careful, it may find that cancel culture works both ways. So, I think she's saying, you know, what's been said by a number of people this year, especially as, as the cancel culture, you know, continues full steam. And, and of course she mentioned the MLB moving the all-star game from Atlanta, which uh, was going on last weekend, I believe. Um, Lost track. Anyway, but which cost minority businesses in Atlanta millions and millions of dollars. Minority businesses in Atlanta, millions and millions of dollars, not a bunch of white supremacist businesses in Atlanta, but a bunch of minority businesses in Atlanta. So, And then they go to a state whose voting laws really aren't any better than the ones that they protested in Atlanta to a certain degree. There's, there's some differences, but you know, they're in the mode people of shutting anybody down that disagrees with them. Liberals do not care about freedom of thought, freedom of expression, freedom of choice, If you allow this to continue happening in this country, if you allow, if you continue supporting companies that cave in to liberal pressures to support things that do not make sense, there will come a day when you have no choices except what they tell you that you will be watching, what you will be supporting, where you'll go, what movies you see, what music you listen to. I mean, yeah, that sounds a little far-fetched, doesn't it? Does it really look at what they're trying to cancel? I just did a story last night that people in New York state don't want Chick-fil-A to be part of their new, uh, rest stop program that they're, that they, uh, they've initiated up there where they're allowing franchises, uh, with food and so forth to be, uh, situated on at their rest stops across, uh, uh, New York's. Highways. I don't know if it's interstate or, or, or where it is, really. But 
Democrats in New York and the, and the legislature in New York were trying to stop that. They did not want Chick-fil-A up there because the people uh, who founded Chick-fil-A and some of the corporate people uh, that are family, the, the Truett, the Kathy family, have views that do not line up with theirs. How dare they have views? Their religion says this is the way that we feel about LGBTQ issues. But this, it doesn't say we're going to mistreat anybody that comes into our restaurant. It doesn't say, you know, just because we have this in our faith, we have feelings about how you, you know, certain issues in this country. And we may not agree with it, but we're not going to mistreat you. We're not going to treat you differently than any other customer that comes into our store or any other employee. But yet that's not good enough for the Democrats in New York state. They demand that you adhere to their beliefs or you do not profess your own or we're going to cancel you. We don't want you to participate. The chicken sandwich, waffle fries, the dream cup. They don't want people to have access to that because the people who founded the company have different beliefs than they do. But you have a right to have different beliefs. You have a right to have different opinions in this country. But that doesn't mean when you socially interact with each other for whatever reason, whether it's business or pleasure or a football game, a a soccer game with your kids. That doesn't mean that you're going to be mean to each other. You're going to mistreat each other. You just have different ideas, thoughts, faiths, beliefs. You don't punish people for their beliefs. That's not free religion. That's not freedom of religion. That's not freedom of speech. You cannot have control over what people think and say. I don't want to control the people that, you know, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. And, and the, they have a right to, to have any message they want. But I also have a right not to agree with whatever portions of their message that I do not want to. We all have a right to disagree. What matters is how we treat each other when we come together as human beings in this country, as we come together as American citizens. That's what matters, how we treat each other. And just because I may not have the same beliefs as you, as long as you're civil or good or friendly to me, I will return that in kind. I don't care what your belief is. I just care how you are when you're around me. I care how you treat me, how I treat you. And the, and the Kathy family and the Chick-fil-A has um, a history of being uh, a wonderful place to go. People love the food. And I've never heard a story of anybody being mistreated in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. But yet, because the Truett, uh, the Kathy family 
and some of the people that work in the organization. Oh, and yes, and they, they're closed on Sunday. And I'm not going to rehash that whole thing I did last night, but that's where we are in this country. So when I say, if you're not careful, and if they become the majority in this country, and that's the majority of the thought, do you not think that they're going to continue going down item by item and telling you what you or have to believe, what you have to think, what you, what kind of, uh, how you have to dress, how you have to act at work, and you don't. And and the problem is they want to cancel you if you don't follow in line with them, and then they label you with something that's supposed to shame you out in in in, in society, you know. So that's, that's, that's these people, folks. Pay attention. That's these people. It's not just about a football game. It's not just about uh, a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's about their ability to go in there and tell the American people how they have to act, how they have to believe, and who they need to support. Or we're going to call you names. We're going to destroy you. That's where all of this fits in. That's what's so disturbing about all of this, because there is no limit to this. This isn't just minor stuff that they're picking to fight us on. This is just the beginning, because there is only one way in their mind. They're not going to be satisfied letting you believe what you want to believe because they'll label you, label you a bad person. No matter how good you may be and how good you may treat everybody that you encounter, they're going to label you if you do not fall in line with what they say it should be. I believe that wholeheartedly. And it's a shame. It's a shame that we have gotten to the point in this country, yes, fix things that are wrong. Fix things that shouldn't be the way they are. There should not be any racism in this country. There should not be any mistreatment of anyone, regardless of what you believe. That's not what human beings do to each other. That's not what God teaches Christians to do to each other. But you can still have different beliefs. You can still have different ideas. You can still have different standards. I'm not going to try to change anybody's way of life, but don't try to change mine. All right, that's my two for tonight. <laughs> and hey, I've, I've kept it, eh, we're squeaking up on an hour here. So um, I would love to hear from anybody if you, if you download this episode and, and you disagree with me. I would invite anybody that wants to uh, 
to discuss this with me, or if, if you want to say, you know, you're crazy, you're wrong. Um, or I think you're wrong. Don't say I'm wrong because, uh, you have to prove to me I'm wrong, but I, I would welcome discussion on this subject. Um, of course we're not doing live shows right now, so you really can't call in, but you can send us an email and, if you, um, we do have the ability to invite people to these uh, non-live shows. So if you want to have a discussion with me about anything that I talk about on Trice Talk or the mini pods that I do, um, I welcome it. I don't, I, if you disagree with everything that I've said, come on, uh, send me an email at, uh, at, I'll post that here in a minute uh, when I close the show. Send me an email and just tell me you'd like to come on the show and, 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 and counter this, this, and this that I talk about. I do not have a problem with that at all. I will not argue with you. I'll let you express your point of view, your opinion, but I, I, I I'm not, I'm not doing a Jerry Springer thing here. So uh, you can come on as long as you're respectable and just say, hey, I disagree. And this is why. And maybe we can have a discussion. I'd love to have a discussion. Maybe I'm wrong about something. And maybe you can enlighten me where I'm wrong. All righty. So I do have a closing thought. Since this is a Tristalk episode and not a technically a mini-pod episode. Uh, let me see if I have this. Oh, I got it in the right place. Uh, let me load this here before I do the closing thoughts. So I'll have this ready. I was going to do a little, well, a different song for closing. Of course, you know, I'm the old guy of, of the uh, duo the Trice Talk duo. So I tend to like a lot of classic rock songs. And um, I, I try to play new stuff, or I was trying to play some new stuff when we were doing the live things uh, for the younger audience. But uh, occasionally I slip back into the old classics. Maybe some of you have never heard the things that I'll use it from time to time. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a live uh, music show one night and playing some of the classic stuff. I know the old man podcast does that. Uh, I've never had the, uh, the uh, I've never had the opportunity to listen to some of his uh, Friday night shows where he plays music. Uh, I understand he plays some pretty good stuff that I would love songs from my era, but uh, I just, it's hard to get that into my schedule. So, all right, I found what I want to use there. And the closing thought is, let me be a free man, free to travel, free to stop, free to work, free to trade where I choose, free to choose my own teachers, free to follow the religion of my fathers, free to talk, think, and act for myself, and I will obey every law or submit to the penalty.
And that's a quote from Chief Joseph. You may want to look that up if you don't know who Chief Joseph is. All right. Um, like I said, I'll be posting this show when I'm through, um, of course, on Podbeam, and it'll also be on uh, it'll be on Facebook. Uh, tomorrow's Friday night. I'll be doing a mini pod series. Although Dennis Lee and I talked about maybe doing a show together tomorrow night because, uh, because he was away tonight. So we'll see if that transpires tomorrow night, or he may just join me with a mini pod and we'll do a uh, little bit longer mini pod. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook. Um, also, would love for you to follow us on Twitter, and that's at Trice Talk uh, with G Moon. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Uh, the email address is Trice Talk 69 PTS at gmail.com if you would like to uh, comment on this show or any of our other shows or make some suggestions for. Uh, uh, topics for other shows. And also, if you would like to come on the show, be a part of the show and uh, have a discussion with me or Dennis Lee about any of the things that we talk about. Uh, and again, I welcome that wholeheartedly. I would love the opportunity to talk to some liberals about, you know, why I might be wrong in some of the things that I talk about on Trice Talk. Or if uh, there's any of you who really uh, are in tune with some of the stuff that we talk about on Trice Talk, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. And you can um, send an email. Once I have your email address, then I can send an invite to you to be on these um uh, well, I, I call them the unlive shows. The unlisted shows is what they are, really. But they're well, actually they are live because I'm live as I'm talking to you right now. I don't know. I don't know why they call it that. Way. But anyway, you got the point. All right. Thanks for uh, downloading this episode of uh, Trice Talk. Please follow us if you like the show, and uh, if you will join me tomorrow night for Minipod on Friday and uh, also Saturday night. And then we'll be back hopefully together on Sunday night, Dennis Lee and myself for Trice Talk Sunday night. So hope everybody has a great Friday, uh, whatever you may be doing and uh, stay safe, everybody.
or two I think of lying in bed I shouldn't have said But there it is You see it's all clear You are meant to be Just can't go. It doesn't matter at all. 